Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. And it, just to, to let you know that, folks, shopping for a church is not like going to Walmart and Target. It's something that God wants you to invest in. Yes. He wants you to go through process. Yes. And you can't do that by jumping around. You need to be solidified in your decision. This is a great church to grow in. A great church for your children to grow in. You that love plants, how many think that your, your plants are going to grow well if you, you pull it up and replant it every month or so? You're going to stun its growth, aren't you? I've seen so many people that's come through our church and they'll do well until we begin to get to know them. And then they say, oh my goodness, I have faults in my life. And they're sort of starting to see them. Welcome to the club. <laughs> we all a bunch of misfits. Right, come on. Without Jesus, we're a bunch of nothing. And uh, so we're never here to judge anyone whatsoever. But I, I thank God for being here. They're off learning how to do things on a grander level. They're out working and uh, they're looking that they want to grow, make this better. They're always looking to bring it to a place of excellence in a greater way. I don't think they can get any better. And they always think, yeah, we can always do it in a better way. So you're at the right place at the right time. So I got to get with this or I won't get through. <clears throat> My wife is not here. Uh, she's catching a healing. Uh, she's, uh, uh, we came, we went, took our, all the grandkids and our children to Disney World. That was our Christmas present to everyone. I'm still walking with a limp. Uh, it, it, it costs a lot of money. And uh, I'm still, uh, you can pray for me. I need inner healing for that. <clears throat> After the service, you're welcome to. Because I looked at my wife and said, oh, I don't want to. And then, then, then the Lord just kept dealing with us. And, but uh, we went and I came back with a, a cold somewhat. And, but now then I'm pretty much over it. And my wife, she, she couldn't stay away from me, you know. <laughs> that was not funny. <laughs> that was, that seriously affected my ego. Uh, no, listen. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to go? I was told to address the mess. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, as a young man, I, I, uh, I remember having a conversation <clears throat> with a good friend of mine. Can I have a little water, please? And uh, I... I remember having a conversation and it was back during the drugs and we'd made a decision at that point that hey let's never use drugs young didn't want to do that and uh, then I got around a good friend of mine and he had scored some marijuana and he needed some help to smoke it because <laughs> nothing's fun by yourself so he enticed me, and I was already, I was already at 15 years old, getting drunk way too often, <clears throat> headed down the wrong road. 
Uh, and then I found marijuana. And I said, well, you can get high and not puke. I love this. <laughs> now, I hope I'm not encouraging someone to continue their habit. Now, good thing pastor doesn't smoke marijuana anymore. So, but then one thing leads to another. Right. Marijuana. Then he was taught, sitting there and said, hey, man, I scored some acid. Let's, let's do some LSD. What a trip that was. And then cocaine. And then any other thing that came by the wayside. And I've become a part of the drug culture. Never thought I was in a trap. I was enlightened. Because I felt it was my job to talk you into getting high. Because getting high was wonderful. That's what I believed. And that's what the people I ran around with believed. Because uh, you weren't enlightened because you haven't been high. So how could you tell them? I have. Never knew that I was in a trap. And if the Lord Jesus had not trapped me down, trapped me down and got a hold of my life, I would be dead today. He showed me I was in a trap. And little by little, he began to pull me out of that trap and set me free. Thank God. Because that decision changed my life, changed my family tree. My kids are all serving God. And all my grandkids will serve God. Just because of one decision that I made. Changed my entire life. So I believe that Jesus has defeated the devil and he's a deceiver. He goes about as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour, but the good news is that Jesus kicked all his teeth out, so all he can do is lie and deceive and entrap. That's all he can do. He has no physical ability to show up at your doorstep and put a curse on you. Because you've overcome by the blow of the Lamb. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 2.11. And it says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of his devices. Another one says we are not ignorant of his schemes. Ah. Satan tempts to always to allure and to entrap. He wants to defraud and to deceive. The devil will use any method necessary to entrap you. Just like I was entrapped by drugs, people get entrapped with all matter of things because it looks good, feels good at the time. And they never think for one moment that it will grab a hold of them and control them one day. The Bible says don't be ignorant. Ignorance is not bliss. Don't get stuck on stupid. Hmm? When you have an enemy that hates humanity, we don't have a luxury of being naive. The Bible says don't be ignorant. Not ignorant of his schemes. The, there's a, the, this basically means this, to be ignorant of the facts. It's a picture of an uneducated person who, due to lack of knowledge, is prone to arrive at mistaken conclusions. The word ignorant describes someone who is making decisions or living life with inaccurate information. Have anybody like that in your family? Hmm? 
A person lacks knowledge and understanding their conclusions are faulty or misguided. We get the word agnostic from that. So someone that doesn't believe in God, not sure of God, they're called agnostics, which really means they're ignorant. An example of this kind of ignorance can often be seen in someone that is diagnosed, diagnosed with a disease of some kind, and they believe that God sent it to them. That God made them sick because good came from it, whether they led someone to the Lord at the hospital or whether that people, uh, you know, their lives were changed by it. They believe that God sent that disease to them to build character in their lives. That's misinformation. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Yes, come on, it's good. See, God, God himself came to heal you. It's always his will to heal. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil. Jesus did you good. Yeah. But with that kind of misinformation, someone can die prematurely. We don't like that. A device is a scheme, it's to outwit, to trick, to take advantage of someone through sinister or sneaky means in order to entrap or defraud. So Satan goes about, he's always trying to find a way to entrap. He uses methods that, that will trick and enslave to bring you into a place where you can't experience the freedom that God has for your life. He cannot steal your salvation, but he can entrap you. Psalms 91.3 have some good news for you. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Now this scripture is a little blurred because of two words that we don't use very much today. That's snare and fowler. Snare, pretty simple, a trap. A snare, excuse me, a fowler is a bird catcher. So we see the deliverer as God. We see the bird as us, and Satan is the bird catcher. So the psalmist is saying, God will rescue you from the trap of the devil. That is good news. Now he compares us to birds, my birds. Is that what you want to be? Is that what your mascot want to be? Huh? A bird? little bird? Is that what you want to be? What are you? I want to be a bird mascot. Our football team want to be a bird. Yeah. You know? Why not a lion or a bear? Yeah. That's, that's a little more mean and aggressive. Oh, because the subject is freedom. That's good. Come on. And there's nothing freer than a bird. He can soar up and down, left to right. He can fly into a prison and fly out. Nothing can keep a bird from being free. And God wants you to experience freedom. But I might add that a bird caught in a trap is not free. A bird caught in a trap can fly no better than a turtle. And so it is with a Christian that sometimes is caught in a trap. Now, if you think today that you cannot be entrapped, dear one, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. (laughs) Because we all 
can be entrapped. Right, come on. That's good. I love you. You're either really liking this or you just uh, soaking it up. <laughs> God wants you to experience freedom. Yes. He does not want you trapped by the devil. And with every trap comes God himself has provided a way of escape. John 8, 36 says, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Say, I'm free. Oh, listen, I come from Africa. I am, I am a white man with a chocolate center. In Africa, when the, when the, when the congregation will not respond, they say, your amen is weak. Say, I'm free. I'm free. There you go. That's a little better. The devil hates your freedom. The thing with traps is that we think, what can ensnare me? See, God sometimes gives us ways to stay free, and they're called restrictions. And godly restrictions can help you, they can keep you in line. That's why you have a great church, great leadership, people that have been trapped and have found their way free that can help other people get free. That's what leadership is. That's why I'm standing here today is because I have been entrapped. I've been entrapped even as a Christian been entrapped by such situations, believe the wrong information. Everybody ever believe fake news? Hmm? Someone believes something, you believe something wrong about someone and, and formed a bad opinion about someone that you really didn't know. You made decisions on wrong information and later found out that you were operating on a lie. All right, come on. We've all been there, haven't we? Restrictions are well and good, and that's why you have a great church, is so that you can experience some restrictions. And when you get close to someone and they're able to look into your life and begin to speak into your life and say, Hey, I know how to teach you how to win, my friend, and the way you're headed is for destruction. Don't you want someone like that in your life? I operate really well with response. I go to Ghana, Africa. I've been going to Ghana, Africa out there for probably 12 plus years. And uh, I have an African family out there. I have African grandchildren. And, and we, have a, we have a Christ for the Nation Bible College there that we've raised up. But there, in, because they can't afford a, a chicken coop, what they'll do is they'll, they'll get a, a big wire and they'll put it in a circular. And it's about, oh, three to four feet in diameter. And, uh, and so they'll put all their chickens in there and they'll let those chickens go in and eat and do what they want to do. Because the reason why is a hawk is after the chickens or the chicks. Well, a hawk can't fly straight down and straight back up and the hawk has to fly in and scoop and then that and the fence frustrates the hawk scoop but what about the chickens what do they think about the fence man see that grasshopper see that worm huh see that that grass little seeds out there and they got me 
entrapped here in this little bitty place? Why can't I have the freedom that I need so that I can experience everything that has? See, so often we think that if we can just, me and Jesus got our own thing going, we can go out and go do our own thing that we really don't need other Christians. See, God never meant for you to do life alone. He wants you to succeed in life and you can't do it by yourself. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. (laughs) Like the hippies who threw off the convictions of their parents, declaring we are free from the restrictions of society and they live an unrestricted life, doing whatever felt good at the time, whatever tickle their fancy they would jump right into and they become addicted to drugs following new age philosophy and ended up being one of the most entrapped generations that ever existed what is a trap a trap is a restriction designed for your destruction a restraint something that will grab a hold of you and trap you and inflict destruction upon you eventually. The enemy hates your freedom. His traps are designed not to look like traps. His traps are to entice, to entrap, to keep you from flying, keep you from singing, to keep you from experiencing all the freedom that Jesus has for you. A trap. Now this is a mousetrap. You lover of mice and rats would think this is something inhumane. I don't mean to be destructive in my behavior, but nonetheless, we all know how this works. You put some goodies in it. This even got looked like fake cheese on it. <laughs> Not even have the real thing, but nonetheless, it appeals to their senses. Right, come on. Come on. Appeals to what tastes good, feels good, and ultimately, but it's destructive. Yeah. To them, it doesn't look like a trap. To a mouse? No, it's a cheese platter. <laughs> it's here to nurture, help make, you, make, make me feel better. See, there's two principles that are always, that demonstrates in a trap. There's two principles. Every trap, including the traps of the devil. The first one is the principle of the deceit. The principle of deceit. A trap never looks like a trap to the creature it's intended to trap. That's good, come on. Now you look at this mouse trap and you think, oh, there's no way I could ever be deceived by that trap. No, I understand. You can't be deceived by this. But again, to the mouse, it does not look like a trap. To you, it does. You can see it. He cannot. But sometimes we're lured by things. Come on. It doesn't look like a trap. It looks good. It feels good. We have the Holy Spirit. That's right. And so often we begin to sense the Holy Spirit tell us, don't do that. And what do we do? We do it anyway. You're not possessed with the devil. You sin because you want to. 
Oh, I'm loving this. <laughs> you sin because you want to. Why? Because it feels good. We have a sin nature in it. Jesus has overcome it. But the th- the temptation comes, sweetie. We're all in this together. Right, come on. Hmm? Yeah, come on. We're all in here together. So when we're entrapped, sometimes our, our judgment becomes cloudy. Only when we declare, says, Lord, I'm not, I don't want to succumb to this, this temptation. I submit to you. I resist the devil. You know, God will always make a way out of every temptation. A trap will not have a neon sign on it saying, beware, this is a trap. <laughs> no, it will be seductive. Right, come on. I have always seen people that's, that has been single... And go out and meet someone. They're in church and they go out and meet someone and they will not bring that person to church. Because they don't want all the brothers and sisters to meet this person. And only after they get married do they bring the person to church. And the person's dysfunctional. Been married 15 other times. Just got out of prison. (laughs) Little things like that. Because they just don't want to get them around the brothers and sisters. The some that fall, sometimes they, they say, well, my wife or my spouse or is not treating me right. And, and then, you know, they don't understand me. They don't appreciate me. And then you're at the work and you start to flirt a little bit. And, and uh, next thing you know, they understand you. They look good. They smell good. They, they un- all things are pointing that you've really missed God in marrying this jerk of a person. And now then you've got this picture perfect individual before you that really likes you. Don't do it. It's what you we call in Texas jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. <laughs> a trap never looks like a trap to the one it's intended to trap. The principle's always the same. Can't be a trap. A man one time was walking down the road and he saw a poisonous snake. Poisonous snake had been harmed. This tree hugger reaches out, grabs a hold of the snake, picks it up, takes it home, and begins to nurse this snake back to health. Every day he gave it food and began to pet it, and he thought, I am absolutely Making this poisonous snake my pet. How cool is this? I tamed a poisonous snake. Then one day he came in to feed the snake. The snake lunged at him and his poison found its mark. The man collapsed to the floor and he began to have a conversation with the snake. And he says, how could you kill me? We were friends. The snake responded, you knew I was poisonous when you brought me home. You knew I could destroy you when you picked me up. You knew I was evil, but you embraced me anyway. I am a snake. I am poisonous. And I'm deceptive. 
and my nature is to kill. Be careful, my friend, what you bring home. Be careful what you feed. For what you feed will grow. People will seem to think, well, I'm entrapped. I can't quit. I can't quit. I can't. Yes, you can. Right, come on. You weren't born doing that. That's right, come on. All my family's been drunks. All my family's been, you know, involved in drugs. No, listen, stop. Jesus has set you free. Second principle every trap demonstrates is that a trap is designed to be stronger than the creature it's intended to trap. So a mouse trap will not trap a bear. (laughs) It must be stronger. The principle is always the same. It must be stronger than the one it's intended to trap. The problem is often when we get entrapped and we continue to feed that thing, continue to allow it to be a part of our lives, it grows stronger and stronger and stronger in our lives until one day it seems as if we cannot get free. Right. But that thing reaches out and grabs a hold of us. It almost seems as if we're addicted. Psalms 124.7 says, Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. That is good news. Every ministry of this church is to help you get out of the devil's trap. We don't come up here and sing songs just to be singing. We come up here and, we come up here and lead worship so you can come in the presence of God so you can experience freedom. You have, you have opportunity to, to, to participate in worship and freedom or you can sit there and go. Your decision. The mouse trap is what I call a trap of trauma. You step over into the enemy camp and you do things that you know you should not do, and then you, I'm free. Didn't get caught. Didn't get caught. Be careful, my friend. Be careful. I had a friend tell me a story. He said, I, I, I had a mouse. It was brilliant mouse. He said, I'd load this thing up every night, mouse trap. If I put all kinds of delicacies on it and sit back and say, I was getting rid of this mouse. And, and then I'd wake up the next morning and the mouse trap would be totally cleaned out and the trap not sprung. How in the world? So he did it again. Every night, the same. Now, can you imagine? Every night, that mouse playing with his own life, never knowing which bite, right, come on. which one. Come on. Did I break my song? <laughs> Cheap trap. Huh? When you're trapped, It doesn't matter if you are doing something wrong and deserve to be trapped or if you're innocent and we're trapped. Trapped is trapped. Right. And today, we want everyone that's trapped to know that you're free. That you're free. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me 
For he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free. All of us have been trapped, I think, at one time or another. Perhaps you're here today and you feel as if you're entrapped. Remember, Jesus says that he sets you free. July 4th, 1776 is when we celebrate the freedom of our country. But then they went on to fight a six-year war, or longer, you that knows history. It was the day that they declared they were free that we celebrate, not the day that we were actually free, which is like six years later. How does your freedom start? By declaring who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Now, I want you to look at this little YouTube video I have for you to illustrate, well, the dangers of the trap. Bible says you are of God little children and overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world for you are yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn this is a heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me says the Lord ladies and gentlemen no matter what you may be going through in your life You may be here to say, I I am totally trapped by my circumstances. I here declare that you're free in Jesus' name. And your days ahead are your greatest gift. Your greatest days are ahead of you. Like this mouse, it looked as if it was totally over. Just got to understand, you got some strength inside of you that you did not know. That Jesus Christ has overcome the wicked one. The death, hell, and the grave. And we are winners and conquerors through him.
Amen. God bless you. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.